All of the newest episodes of Note to Self are now available on the Luminary Podcast app. It's free to download, and you can also listen to other podcasts from WNYC Studios, like Radiolab, Two Dope Queens, Snap Judgment, Here's the Thing with Alec Baldwin, and others. Luminary Premium is the only place where you can enjoy the entire new season of Note to Self, plus new original podcasts you won't find anywhere else, from Trevor Noah, Roxanne Gay, Guy Raz, Lena Dunham, and many more. And you can enjoy them ad-free. Start your free trial by going to luminary.link slash note to self or download the Luminary app for free. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hello, friend. This is an episode of Note to Self, but from when we used to be called New Tech City. Same good content, just the old name. Enjoy. This is New Tech City, the podcast about how technology is changing us as people. I'm Manoush Zamarodi. And today, trying to get Google to remove a link, a memory, online. Forgetting and moving on are part of what make us human. But the internet, it's not built for that. So we need to start with Robert Bearfield. It has been a very tough year for Robert. I know it's tough to talk about this, but if you could just sort of tell us what happened earlier this year. Yeah. Well, I had a wonderful partner, and we traveled a lot all over the world. Great times together. But unfortunately, in Cambodia, at the end of a fabulous two-week trip, he collapsed at a the most famous um, tourist spot in Cambodia, the, the third level of the Angkor Wat. That's a t- famous temple there. Gorgeous place, very spiritual place. And a whole set of circumstances happened there that were pretty awful. There was no medical or police response. The tourists had to carry him down. I processed it by saying we took the risk. And I think Steve had something massively bad happen to him. So this happened in January. He died on January 7th. In March, I signed on. I was trying to remember what a friend of mine wrote on one of those obituary sites online. Someone had written something very meaningful to me. So I googled his name, and on the Google search page, they'll have those little, like, thumbnail photographs. And I almost couldn't believe my eyes. And there was a picture of Steve, and I know it very well because it was the next day in the hospital morgue because I made them let me see him there. And And the picture that came up was disturbing. Oh, my God. I don't want people looking at it, ever. It's not him. It's not right. He was the most dignified person. So it is a, it's a desecration. I Googled that picture of Robert's partner. I felt really weird about doing it, especially because the last thing I want you to do is listen to this and then go do it yourself. But I thought I needed to know what he was really talking about, what was what was bothering him, what the picture was that made him feel so upset. As I did it, I realized it really didn't matter what the picture was. The point was that Robert doesn't want us to see it. And that's enough. You know, I I heard, maybe it's not true, but someone told me that Google has these slogans like, don't be evil or do no harm. That's true. I, I can't think of anything more evil. I'm sorry. It's my perspective, but I can't think of anything more evil. There were days after... January 7th, where I thought I might not make it. But by March 3rd, I knew I was going to make it. I mean, I'm going to make it. But I felt much less sure than I ever had before. After I don't think 
that should happen just because people have a right to know everything. Something should be protected. Something should be sacred. Robert Bearfield, a music professor in Connecticut. Such a sad thing happened to him, to his partner, at the top of the majestic soaring temples of Anger Wat. As you heard, a photo of his partner's body was posted on a local newspaper's website. And like all digital information in the world, it was indexed by Google's search engines. If Google did not have this huge platform to spread information, it would be a small story in rural Cambodia. And you know what? I could live with that. What I can't live with is my friends who tell me in January they found it when they were looking for the church for his service. Just by Googling. By Googling his name. Robert wants Google to de-link it, make it so that if someone types in his partner's name, that picture just wouldn't come up. Not unlinking to the site where it's posted completely, just if you Googled his name. So far, Google has said, we're very sorry, but there's nothing we can do. If Robert lived in Germany, though, or anywhere in the European Union, it would be a different story. Robert could hire this man. Yes, uh, my name is Christian Zollmaker. I'm an IT lawyer based in Cologne, um, and that's the town where I live too. In May, the highest European court ruled that search engines like Google have to give people the right to be forgotten, that Google must consider erasing links to web pages if someone, anyone, wants them to. And in the U.S., Internet, legal experts, they went crazy. They went nuts calling the ruling censorship. The effects really could be dramatic. It, it breaks the Internet. It really intersects with this fundamental right to freedom of speech. It's potentially broader. It's redefining freedom of speech, I think. This is a case where privacy and free speech are in conflict, and generally the American view of free speech is that this European sweeping view of privacy uh, is, is a huge threat to free expression. I don't think the EU made the right decision. I think it's absurd. I, don't th I think history is something which should not be forgotten. That was Jules Polonetsky, Henry Blodgett, Jeffrey Rosen, and Gary Shapiro, pulled from the flood of coverage last month when this right-to-be-forgotten news broke. But frankly, most of that American response... I don't know, I kind of felt like it was broad brushstrokes. This is terrible for the internet. Now, several weeks later, things have started to shake down. And it's not that simple. It's a tough choice that is actually casting a shadow on society's digital doorstep. But the Europeans are just looking at that digital doorstep sooner than we are. So... Here's Christian Zolmecca again. I'm an IT lawyer. His phone started ringing immediately. 10, 20, then 100 people calling him saying, Christian, please help us so that we can delete specific data and specific links out of the Google index. And these are people all over Germany, poor people, rich people, well-known people and not so well-known people. Can you give me an example of someone that really sticks in your mind? Yes. There is a 24-year-old man um, who's uh, searching for a job at the moment. And he has, uh, he has a problem with the first hit you find if you Google his name in the Google search engine. And that first hit is a newspaper article featuring the young man when he won a reading competition at a special ed school he attended. Christian says it's a disadvantage for this guy that every time a potential employer Googles his name, this article from 10 years ago pops up 
revealing that he was in a special ed program. He wants that Google deletes this first um, hit uh, from the Google search engine, and I think um, he has the right to delete this link. I mean, just to push back on that, it's the newspaper article is, isn't wrong. He did go to that school. He won a reading contest. That That's not inaccurate. So why get rid of it just because he doesn't like it? Yes, because uh, in Europe we have traditionally a very high privacy standard. Um, only um, what you want, people should know about you. People can know about you. So you can decide about your own privacy and what is published about you. And as far as there is no common interest in your person, uh, you can decide that no one knows anything about you. Before the ruling, Google refused to break any links. What you had to do was directly sue the website or whoever was posting the information you didn't like. Get them to take down the picture or the article. But as you may have heard in the news coverage after the ruling broke, Google quickly posted an online form that tens of thousands of people, like Christian's clients, have filled out, requesting that Google remove the links that bother them. So what, he's filled out the form that Google have, has offered, but what can you do then to help him get Google to remove this? What we actually do, we will sue Google now. There are several cases where the client said, OK, sue Google. Suing Google may not be necessary. Google could decide on its own to honor this guy's request. But Google has to consider every single case. And then, if it agrees with the reasoning, erase the link by hand. And algorithm can't do it. It's like removing a single stitch out of all the clothes in the world's closet. And it's not just time-consuming. The court is kind of asking Google to pass moral judgment on each case because there is no set of moral standards yet that everyone else can agree on. Christian has dozens of examples. We have a famous person, a leader in Germany, um, who is the chief of a big company. And 20 years ago, he has stolen data of a company passwords from another company he worked for. Uh, he said, OK, this happened, but this is 20 years old. Is it time to move on? Has something that happened 20 years ago reached life's statute of limitations? Later this year, the Europeans will release guidelines to help Google make these decisions. It's unlikely convicted criminals or sex offenders will have their delinking requests honored. As long as the information is considered in the public interest, the link can stay, according to the ruling. But for Christian Zolmecca, it's about protecting personal choice for regular people. Yeah, it's it's fundamental different uh, way of looking at privacy and what it means that a person uh, has a right to stay in his home and not to talk to other people. And of course, we have freedom of speech here in Germany, but of, of course, against this, we have this right to privacy. Instead of posting a picture of every meal, telling everyone where you were last night, what you think about the situation in Iraq, just being alone private. It doesn't matter what the material is. If I don't want anyone to see it, that's my right. I want to be alone. In a minute. We need to put this in a larger context. And the context is, uh, what role does forgetting perform for us human beings? The guy whose ideas about forgetting in the digital age inspired the Europeans to change their policies. 
He wants us each to think about how we build our own personal narrative. Plus, I think Google better hope that I get hit by a bus soon, because I will never stop. I will not stop. How Robert Bearfield is coping with his partner's eternal life on Google. New Tech City will be right back. New Tech City is supported by Skyline Cloud Services, a cloud technology solution for small and medium-sized businesses, providing data and software hosting solutions, including cloud paging, allowing access to full-feature desktop software from any internet-connected PC. Skyline is an authorized commercial host of Intuit and other leading software companies to provide managed hosting and rental of their software titles, including QuickBooks. Learn more at skylinecloudservices.com. LegalZoom. If you've been thinking about starting your own business, LegalZoom can help you do it. Learn more about DBAs, LLCs, incorporation, trademarks, and other ways to protect your business and assets at LegalZoom.com. LegalZoom provides self-help services and can connect you with an attorney, but they're not a law firm. Enter technology in the referral box at checkout for a special discount for New Tech City listeners. It's New Tech City. I'm Manoush Zamarodi, and we've been hearing from people whose lives could be changed by the right to be forgotten. Hello? Victor Maya Schoenberger is an Oxford professor. A few years ago, I wrote a book called Delete that argued that forgetting in the digital age plays an important role and should not be neglected. And that book kind of kicked off the discussion in Europe about the right to be forgotten. And Victor says calling the court's ruling censorship, it's just too harsh. A Spaniard uh, using Google Spain would not get the link anymore. But if that Spaniard would surf to Google.com, everything would, of course, pop up again. So in that sense, circumventing that kind of censorship, quote unquote, is incredibly easy. It takes just a few mouse clicks. Um, And in that sense, all that it provides is at best a bit of a speed bump so that you don't stumble over somebody's past problems or past memories so easily. Victor says, without forgetting, we also risk misjudgment. Forgetting is intimately linked to forgiving. If we can no longer forget, will we turn into an unforgiving society, he asks. Forgetting helps us function as a society and individually. Forgetting is built into us. We forget most of the stuff that we experience every day, what we read, what we see, what we hear. And our brain is hardwired to take all these details that we experience every day and then to generalize and to abstract from them and to forget the details and to remember the abstractions, to remember the forest rather than to just see trees. That enables us human beings to evolve, to learn, to move forward. And if we undo that capacity to forget because our digital tools remember, then we are undoing a very important element of what makes us human. Yeah, it's funny. You know, my mom always, when we were growing up, she used to make us at the at special birthdays, you know, when you turn 10, she would make us a special photo album. And it was kind of like your life's greatest hits, you know? It didn't have every little moment. It just was sort of the highlights. And it served to sort of 
form a story, like your own narrative of what your life had been so far. And I just it, – it makes me wonder when you have so many pictures, like you said, that there's never a sort of through line that emerges. So my father gave me a photo album when I turned 18 as well, and he had rated uh, all of the photo albums in the family and taken out the best pictures that he thought were characteristic of, of, of me and how I had grown up. But it was me through his eyes. It wasn't me through my eyes. Uh, so it, it told a particular narrative, but it wasn't my narrative. And one of the beauties of forgetting is that it enables us to redefine ourselves, to shape who we are. If we cannot forget anymore because our digital tools remember, then that shaping of our own identity will become much harder, especially when the pictures and the data that shapes our identity is controlled by new custodians, not by our parents, but by internet companies like Google. I mean, it makes me think like, well, maybe, you know what, Google just has to open this big office in the middle of the country and hire a few hundred people, that this is their responsibility as a company that makes billions off of us, that it seems very little to sort of ask of them to do, and yet, and yet there's been resistance. Well, the truth is that Google already has an infrastructure in place. They already have facilities where they employ hundreds of people who deal with deletion requests. But these deletion requests, millions every single month, are coming from companies who claim that they have some copyright over content online and ask Google to take down links to these content pages. So Google has the infrastructure of forgetting already in place. They look at millions of cases every single month. Surely they can look at a couple of hundred or a couple of thousand cases on individuals who want to shape their digital identity. Building search engines that can forget won't take the truth out of the Internet, he says. Because what we find online isn't the full truth to begin with. And all that we give people with the right to forget, the right to have links deleted, is a modicum of control over their identity online. And I think that's worth having a discussion about, not just in Europe, but worldwide. Not letting a third party decide what gets saved forever, preserved, about you and your loved ones. So my first thought was opportunistic. Maybe this timing will help me. The European court's judgment could not have come at a better time for Robert Bearfield, our fellow who wants his partner's name unlinked from photos of his corpse. Over time, I thought, you know, I feel like we're losing something in our lives and in society. I mean, it's kind of crazy to think that last year Robert was teaching music, living his life happily, and now he's just this normal guy with some huge, big, very forceful opinions on the role of Google in our lives, on the role of the Internet. You know, even a person that does something wrong never has the chance to rehabilitate and put their past, their private past aside. To me, that's a violation. I just feel like we're losing something. Generationally, we're losing an appreciation for what is sacred in our lives. And it scares me. I'm glad I'm not young right now, honestly. I'm afraid that what's happened to my dear partner would have been horrifying 
in the 1970s when I was a teenager. I mean, I think, I think it would have just been met with absolute abhorrent, you know, disbelief. And I'm afraid that where we're going, it'll be like, oh, another thing on the internet. It may sound totally unrelated to the reason I'm here, but to me, it's very clear. What can you do? My first reaction was, oh my God, no one can know about this. I was just all about, what can we do to hide this, to protect Steve? That's all I wanted to do was protect Steve. It's all I focused on for the first few months. And I didn't, my friends, very few, two, three, knew. I wouldn't tell anyone. I was terrified. But then I started to find out that people knew. And so the choice I made, finally, to speak up was a big change. In a way, it's helped me with my grief a bit. It's given me something to do to work through my grief, but also for, for him. So once I crossed that bridge, I think Google better hope that I get hit by a bus soon because I will never stop. I will not stop. Robert, thank you so much for coming in to tell us your story. Thank you for letting me. A big thank you to Robert Bearfield, Christian Zolmecke, and Victor Meyer Schoenberg for helping me understand this side of the right to be forgotten ruling. As someone who talks to a lot of tech and media people, American tech and media people, you know, I really thought this issue was mostly about transparency and the right to know. But now I think, and maybe you do too, dear listener, that it's about continuing to function as a society. A society that looks forward, not back, and finding checks and balances for the tech companies that we are entrusting our memories with. I'd also like to just mention that our German lawyer and Professor Schoenberg both commended the speed with which Google acted after the ruling in May, getting forms up immediately, communicating the process to get something delinked. If you're thinking, huh, I'm American, I don't have the right to be forgotten, Man, I'd love to bury that photo of me getting that shamrock tattoo on the back of my ankle. Or, on a little bit more of a serious note, the fact that I defaulted on that massive loan of the house that I really could not afford in Bed-Stuy. Well, we've got just the thing. Listen to this crazy interview I did in the early days of New Tech City that still really holds. It's an interview with private detective Frank Ahern. He helps people hide themselves online without breaking any links. About two years ago, a guy is surfing the net, okay? Lives in like a Connecticut type place, white collar, wasp, whatnot. And he re- sees online a porn movie he was involved in in college, okay? Totally freaks out. I mean, he, he's not that person anymore. He, he has a decent life. And he realizes His college oh my. days were slightly different than mine. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> mine too. We've got a link to Frank on our website. It's newtechcity.org. And when you go on the page, there's like a little tab on the right side. Click it. It says subscribe. And that way you can make sure that I will constantly be popping up on your phone to share personal stories about how technology is changing all of us. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Anoush Samarodi. This is New Tech City.